and then we're getting right into it. Father, I just thank you and praise you for the privilege of being here to teach your word this morning. I call upon you, Holy Spirit. I ask you to teach through me. God, you are the God of signs and wonders, and your word said this church would be a hospital, and whatever the need would be, it would come and receive. And be set free of things that had held them in bondage. And I thank you this morning that as this word goes forth, this seed goes forth, we will understand, we'll have a new understanding from the word, and it will bring conviction to our hearts and areas. I bind every demonic spirit, principality, and power that would try to steal the word. And I thank you, Father God, that we lay aside everything else that would try to hinder us and we would yield ourselves completely to you so we can grasp a hold of this word and this word falls on good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. God, you know that I'm yours to teach through. Whatever you decide to do, if you want to change, whatever. You know each one of us. You know what our hearts are crying out to and for. The circumstances and situations that we're in. And when a minister preaches a sermon, it's for every person within hearing distance. So God, I thank you the areas that we need to be touched in, we'll be touched in today. And I praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. The nugget for today is from John Wesley. Who knows who, knows who John Wesley is? He was around years ago. It's get on fire for God, and men will come and see you burn. Hallelujah. Get on fire for God. And men will come, I, and I want to say watch you burn. Like I said, I had um, two things happen this week. One was a, per, a backslider that we were talking about. <clears throat> I don't even want to call him a backslider, but he said, you know, you just can't find people that you could truly say they're Christians or that are acting like Christians in the times that we're in. And, and the, this person said maybe one out of 10. And that's sad. That is, you know, when you think about that, that's devastating. And then I heard um, Rodney Howard Brownie was talking about something else, but at the end of it, he started talking about being on fire for God and allowing the Spirit of God to move through you and be a, be a vessel of God to be used and to have that fire burning continually in, in your life. And I really, it was very piercing to my heart. And I looked at Pastor and we were, we were talking about it and I said, you know, if you can, and I will just take care of this right now, praise the Lord.
is called set ablaze. We need to guard our hearts. We need to keep a watch on ourselves. There are, the Bible talks about the ten bridesmaids and five weren't ready. Five were ready and five weren't ready. That's only half. That's, that's pretty, you know, powerful. And they realized that the bridegroom was coming and they went to the ones that had the oil and begged them, give us some of your oil. And they said, no, we can't. This, if, if I give you my oil, I'm not going to make it. And so we need to make sure we're ready. And I mean, real, you know, I, I know this is something that I am continually doing every day, making sure there's nothing between me and God. And that you say, well, are, is that fear tactics? No, not at all. I just don't want to grieve the Lord at all in my life. And so let's turn to Romans 12, 11, if we could. Let's look at verse 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Do you know what preferring one another means? Put that other person first. How many remember the one commandment Jesus said that we were to do? Anybody? Love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, you know, we say, well, well, I do. Do we really? You know, I was talking to a, a friend on Friday, and I, I had never shared this with her. And, and I've shared it with you many times, so if you've heard it, just ignore it. Don't say, you know, she says the same thing over and over again. But, um, we were ministering in the church and I was preaching outside the church at times and the church we were born again in. And I was folding clothes and I had a habit of folding clothes at the dining room table because we had a beautiful view of the mountains. And I, was, I would get everybody's clothes together and fold them and then pray over that person in the family. And we always had a, a ton of laundry. I don't know how anybody, even us now, two people have this much laundry every day. Amazing. Just amazing. I'm glad we don't have to do those, <clears throat> what are those things they used to use, the, those boards. No wonder no one was ever overweight back then. They worked, they worked hard. Um, but anyway, and God told me, he said, you could not stand one minute of hell, but people you come in contact with daily will spend eternity there. And I've never forgotten that. I remember the place. It's about the time that God called us in the ministry and pastor said we were going, or he was going to Ramah. <clears throat> but I thought, one minute. I couldn't stand one minute of hell. But people was, will spend eternity there. And I've always been one that witnessed soul wins. I mean, that's my favorite thing to do, I'll, I'll be honest. 
even when I'm on the phone and ordering something on the phone or whatever, talking to someone I don't know on the phone, I will ask them, do you go to church? And they say yes or no. I'll ask, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And some do and some don't. And I've led many to the Lord over the phone, you know. There are people that are hungry out there. And it's up to us to lead them. So let's look at verse um, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. No, I'm sorry. Number, verse 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not slothful, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing instant in prayer. Now I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. Never lag in zeal and an earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Well, this goes along with the book that I taught out of this, this morning that I didn't read. So I, God has a way of, you know, sharing the same thing over again. How many know that? <laughs> Praise God. And so fervent means to boil with heat. You know, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. So boiling, the fervent, boiling with heat prayer of a righteous man or woman. Think of that. That's powerful when you think about this. So he's telling us here, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor be aglow and burning with the Spirit. Rejoice and exult in hope, be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation, be constant in prayer. Now, fervent means to boil with heat, which means we have a mandate to keep our fire for the Lord hot, no matter what the spiritual climate is around us. I'm going to tell you, Things are not going to get better in the world. We are in, we are in the last days. It's already started, and there's no turning back. I'm believing for a time for America, for a time of revival for America, but we as the body of Christ are going to have to be fervent in spirit. We're going to be have to have to be set on fire for the Lord. Him first, nothing else. And if that means to climbing in your prayer closet and staying there until everything's gone, the, everything of the world that would hem you in, then we have to do it. We have to do it now. Because those five bridesmaids, you know, they thought they were okay until they knew the bridegroom was coming. You know, in the old days, if you look at Jewish tradition, you know, we, we know that 
Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but she was not married to him. And what they would do, they would go ask the father for the, the woman's hand, and then they would go back to their parents' house and build on a room for the, for the wife, for the bride. And then they would come in the middle of the night. And <clears throat> she didn't know when. She had no, no idea. The father would say, okay, it's, you've done it, now go in and get her. And so a procession would come with, you know, in those days, of course, they didn't have flashlights. So they would come with their, with their lights that they had. And it was a big procession. And they would go and get the bride, the bride, the bride in the middle of the night. And she didn't, you know, she had to keep her stuff there and ready, prepared, so she could slip into her wedding dress and be ready to leave with no notice. And that's how we need to keep ourselves ready to leave with no notice. She knew around the time when it would take place, like we do, but we do not know the, the, the day or the hour. And so we need to keep ourselves ready for that time when that trumpet blows because once that trumpet blows you're out of here you're either out or you're not so like pastor and i talked the other night after we heard heard that i said you know we have we will be giving an account for every person that comes to this church, we both know this, and we take that very, very seriously. And I want us all to be there, amen? So fervent means to boil with heat, which means we have a mandate to keep our fire for the Lord hot, no matter what the spiritual climate is around us. You know, it talks about two would be in the bed and one would be missing, two would be in the field and one would be missed. How would you like to wake up and have your, your mate gone or get up in the morning and everybody in the house is gone except for you. And, you know, these are things we don't think about, but one hour of hell I could not stand, but people I contact, come in contact with daily will spend eternity there. People will say, well, will you, you know, what if they don't like you if you tell them? Well, what if they do like you and they thank God that you told them? Amen? Right. Revelations 3, 15 and 16. <clears throat> I, I thank God that, that someone told me. I, real, I thank God, you know, first it was pastor, but I was so demon oppressed, possessed, whatever you want to call it. He mentioned the name of Jesus, I would throw something. I would get absolutely wigged out. So I know about demons. <laughs> okay, I'm talking wigged out. <laughs> Revelations 3. I guess that's why I just have a desire to see people set free. Revelations 3 15 and 16. I know your record of works and what you are doing. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you would that you were cold or hot. So because of your lukewarmness and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you from my mouth. Wow. 
This is what it says in 17. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered and grown wealthy, and I have need of nothing. You do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. That's heavy, isn't it? It says in the King James, <clears throat> let's go to verse 14. And the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These words saith the Amen and faith, the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That's heavy. We need to ask ourselves, am I cold or am I hot? Am I further along than I was last year, or have I slipped back? You know, you need to ask yourself. This Only you and God can judge this. I can't judge you. I have no idea what's in your heart. And I really don't want to. I got enough with me to deal with. Amen. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come to, to judge the world. I came to save it. I came to save it. I didn't come to judge. And so many people are, are in bondage. You know, the Bible says if you judge someone, you will be judged doubly. And so, and we've all done it. And so if we're out judging people, then we're judged doubly and some people can't figure out what's going on in their lives and why. Well, that's one area you might, might want to check. Have I been judgmental? And, and um, the, there are things that we, these things, these things today, we need to really take in our hearts and go home and do them. Amen? So this is one of the inci incidents of what the last day's church may be like. I think that none of us here wants to fall into the category of being lukewarm. You know, the Bible says the zeal of God has consumed me. It's burning in my soul. The zeal of God has consumed me. And we need to, we need to be there, be that way. The zeal of God has, there's a song, the zeal of God has consumed me. It's burning in my soul. I love that song, but is the, has the, is the zeal of God consuming you and burning in your soul? That's your mind, will, and emotions, and intellect. Or do things that come against you or, or come at you, bother you, your five physical senses, and do they cause you to go into a type of depression? Or do you allow the zeal of God to consume you and, and just get excited and move on? Praise God. This is exciting. How can we avoid being lukewarm and assure ourselves of being fervent in spirit? We're going to do nine things, nine ways that will help us keep those revival fires burning in our life. So I hope you have a pen and I hope you have a paper. You know, the Bible says, excuse me. Forsake not the assembling, even so much more as you see the evil day approaching. I'm aware of the fact that people are dealing with symptoms, and, and um, I understand that. And it is, if you, if you are, it's better not to come and spread it, 
come get prayed for, get healed, you know. Uh, they taught us, Ken Jr. taught us at Rama. if you get prayed for and the healing doesn't come, then I highly suggest that if you're standing on the Word and you've stood on the Word, get yourself to the doctor and get yourself taken care of. God is not against doctors, church, contrary to what people, some people say. What was Luke? Who did he travel with? Somebody tell me. Paul. Paul was always getting beat up. <laughs> How many have ever, like I, I have this one toe I keep ramming it into things and it's hard to get a band-aid on this one toe. It's really ridiculous, you know. So usually pastor bandages up that one toe. And um, so I'm sure Luke, I don't know what they used in those days, but Paul was getting bandaged up a lot. Amen. So don't let anybody, you know, well, I'm bad and I'm whatever. Just get in the word and stay in the word for healing. It has to, it, it has to take place. Don't lose your faith. Amen. Okay. Number one, we need to feed the flames with the word of God. Matthew 4, 4. Okay, but he said, he answered and said, well, let's look at verse 1. Then was Jesus led up in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jesus was led to be tempted of the devil. Okay, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So he... He fasted, no water, no food for 40 days, and he was hungry after. You know when the fast is up, you get, there's a certain point after, I'm talking when you're going with no food, out without any food, there comes a point where about the third day you could care less whether you have food or not. A matter of fact, it's disgusting, the thought of it or whatever. Well, he went without food and water. And you need to drink water, okay? But when you hunger, when you start getting hungry again, then it's time to break the fast. You need to check with God on that, but praise the Lord. So let's go on. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. This is Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God every word he replied it is written man shall not live be upheld and sustained by bread alone but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of god so we need to be upheld and sustained by the word of god the word of god upholds us and sustains us amen that's keep the word is what will keep you from being this type of Christian. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Some people go through their Christian lives being like a roller coaster all the time. That's not God's plan. You see that in some families, unfortunately. Okay, so we need to flame, feed these flames. This is not talking about dutifully doing your daily devotions with sleep-filled eyes. 
You ever watch somebody do their devotions at night and all of a sudden they're standing there with their Bible and they're going like this? That's not the time to read your Bible. I'm going to tell you the best that just it's a good time, but that should not be the only time that you're reading the Bible. Amen. So, oh, I'm dutifully doing my devotions and I'm half asleep and I didn't get anything. Well, what'd you get? Nothing. Okay. This is about hungrily searching the scriptures for the voice of the Lord within its pages. Hungrily searching the scriptures. Like you cannot live without them. Like I told the earlier class that um, I didn't get to finish what I shared. That I've been going through Mark, Luke, and John over and over again. And I'm listening to it while I'm reading it. And I, there's a lot of things when you listen to it and read it at the same time that open up to you that at least I've seen things that I've never seen before. So praise the Lord. Um, what I was going to share this, I shared the backslidden person that said they only see about one out of every 10 person that professes to be a Christian, you know. A lot of people profess it, but they're not born again, okay? But then and the other thing was when we were listening to this tape, and at the end of it, it was a, a Rodney tape, and at the end of it, he started talking about being on fire and the time that we're in, and pray to God that we do have a, rep a, pr a reprieve here for a period of time so revival hits this country. Um, Praise you, Jesus. So it's not talking about dutifully doing your script daily. Do I got to do them. That's not it. It's, it's all through the day. Look at Luke 24, 32. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened, up, opened the scriptures? I'm going to look at it in the Amplified. And they said one to another. Well, this is, let's go up a little bit here. Let's go to 27. Then beginning with Moses and throughout the prophets, he went on explaining and interpreting to them in all the scriptures the things concerning and referring to himself. 28. Then they drew near the village to where they were going, and he acted us if he would go further. But this, they urged and insisted him, saying to him, Remain with us, for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent so he went to stay with them what do I want what verse come on honey help me Luke 24 okay 32 and it occurred that as he reclined at the table with them he took a loaf of bread and praised God and he gave thanks and said a blessing and then broke it and was given to them. You know, they used to recline and eat. I don't know how they did it. I, you know, it's real interesting. If I decide to lay down on my side and start eating, 
whatever. Okay, recline. I don't know how they recline, but we'll know when we get to heaven. Or if somebody wants to study it, then you can tell me because I really I don't care because I'm not going to recline and eat. Anyway, um, and they broke it and was given to them. When their eyes were instantly opened and they clearly recognized him, and he vanished and departed invisibly. And they said to one another, Were not our hearts greatly moved and burning within us while he was talking with us on the road as he opened and explained to us the sense of the scriptures? And rising up that very hour, they went back to Jerusalem where they found the eleven apostles gathered together and those who were taken. Hallelujah. They knew we gotta get, we've got to get back together. And I am sure, I can just imagine continually they were bouncing off each other the things that Jesus told them. That's one way to keep yourself on fire is to share the word back and forth. You need to do that. I love to, that's one of my favorite things to do. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus who had their hearts set ablaze when the scriptures were explained to them by Jesus. You need to dig into the scriptures and, out, and, allow, and allow the Lord to start explaining the scriptures to you as well. He is explaining things in this hour. Revelation knowledge is coming from the Holy Spirit in this hour like I've never, myself personally, have never seen it. I know when I study the word, I'm seeing things and the Lord is explaining those things to me like I've never seen before. And he'll give you places to go where they all line up together, which is really, you know, things that I just hadn't seen. And expect that to happen. Expect that to happen right now. Okay, the second thing, we need to stoke the furnace with prayer. How is your prayer life? You know, Jesus told the disciples, pray with me for an hour. I think that is a very good place to set ourselves daily, is to pray for an hour. If you can, it, it's better if you pray more. I mean, Paul said, I pray in tongues all the time. So he was praying in tongues all day long. And you think about it. But Jesus told him, pray for me, pray with me for an hour. Then I think he said, a, he set something there that each one of us should desire. Now, I'm not saying he and I pray together for an hour. I'm saying me pray for an hour. Okay. So we need to stoke the furnace with prayer. There are three things needed to have a blazing fire. Fuel, oxygen, and heat. You know, we have a wood stove. If you just throw the wood in there and throw a match in there, it's not going to work. You've got to leave it open a little bit so some air can get into it so it can suck up. I don't understand all this stuff. I'm not a man. Um, so it can suck up there. Prayer is the oxygen you use to stoke the flames higher. Spending time in prayer is spending time in the presence of God. And the presence of God is the air that our souls need to be on fire. 
Prayer is the vital breath of the Christian. Oswald Chambers saw this, said this. He's another one of the old timers. <clears throat> Prayer is the vital breath of the Christian, not the things that make him alive, but the evidence he is alive. You know, sometimes pa pastor will be in the other room and say, did you say something? And I, I'll say, no, I was praying. I was saying something, but not to him. Okay. When you pray, you are breathing. You are taking the vital element that gives life to your soul. And I want us to turn a second to Jude, if we could. Chapter uh, Jude 20. There's no chapters in Jude. You got one. Come on. All right, 20. But ye, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And it says in the um, Amplified, but ye, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, making progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you, praying in, are you praying more this year than you did last year? You know, ask yourself these things. You'll find out where you are. You'll find out, am I hot, am I cold, or am I lukewarm? Amen? Okay, the third thing is worship the Lord within, with extravagance. Do you remember the woman that came with the alabaster box and she poured that all over Jesus and she started kissing his feet? And what did they do? They got mad at her. How dare her? Don't you know what kind of person this is? I mean, she, they didn't even, I believe this was the place where they didn't even wash his feet and yet she was extravagantly worshiping him one of the disciples got very upset that or some of them i think that costs a lot of money that could be given to the poor well would you rather do you think god wants us to give to the poor or worship him which which he wants you to do both but which is more important amen laurel said worshiping him one of the things that keeps a, fi a fire small is containment. You cannot have a big fire in a small metal box. The way to break these walls of containment is to worship the Lord with extravagance. Go well beyond your comfort zone. Remember what David did? He started, he threw off his kingly things and started dancing before the Lord and that great daughter that Saul gave him as a wife started murmuring complainer he put her away just get her out of my face the way to break these walls of containment is to worship the lord with extravagance extravagance go well beyond your comfort zone well beyond get out in your car you know and just let it rip or turn on praise music or however you need to do this you know don't turn anything on. Learn to get in your car and just start praising God. Seriously. 
praying in the spirit, praising God. Nobody knows what you're doing. There's so many crazy people out there doing stuff. They're not, they could care less. I like to sit at stoplights and pray for the people walking by or driving by or whatever. Offer up sacrifices of praise with your lips in greater degrees than you are comfortable with. Because when you get to heaven, there are angels in heaven that are loudly saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You need to be the loudest one in here praising the Lord. We all know how to praise God in here. Make a decision that you will praise God in a more vocal, uninhabited way this year than ever before. We have more than half a year left than ever before. Come into the church praising and, you know, remember when, when that guy that was crippled, he was out there begging for alms. I don't care what anybody says, that guy was rich. It set him out there daily. It's kind of hard to go into church if there's a cripple out there and not give them something. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give unto you. Rise up in the name of Jesus. And he yanked him up on his feet and be healed. And the, the gentleman went into the church walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Excited. It's exciting to come to church. Hallelujah. Sometimes I get excited and I start putting, when I get excited, for some reason my foot gets on the gas pedal and it goes faster. Hallelujah. Make praise and worship a true sacrifice of your conscious and self inhibitions. This is not a denominational church. You're not going to kick, get kicked out for running around the church. You're not going kicked to out, get kicked out for shouting. It's, it's wanted here. You want to see God move? Start praising him like you've never praised before. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the fourth thing, allow the Holy Spirit to move. Oh, I forgot part of this. Sorry. Make a decision, I'm back to three, that you will praise God when in more vocal, uninhabited way this year than ever before. Challenge yourself to learn how to praise, how to raise your hands, bow on your knees in worship. We've got these up here. Bow on your knees in worship and even get flat on your face. These things will break down any walls of containment where you're keeping the fire in a small metal box. We, we want people to lay on the floor and worship God, get on their knees, get excited. You know, when we praise and worship God with everything, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, all that is within me. D, allow the Holy, or four, pastor has them in, in letters. Allow the Holy Spirit to move. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Allow him to move. I don't know about that. 
You know, I was talking to a, uh, another pastor's wife, we're friends, and we go to lunch, and we were talking the other day, and I said, ma'am, she was telling me about a person in her son's church, and he just prays, God, here I am, kind of thing. And I remember when I first got saved, I didn't know how to pray. You just don't come with a handbook on, here's how you're going to pray. And pastor, because he'd been in a denominational church, he could pray these beautiful prayers. And so he'd pray. And then I would just lay there in the bed, you know, and I'd go, God, it's me. And um, this, is, this is what I see needs to be done. And here and here and here. That's how I knew how to pray. And we were talking the other day. I wish that I had, ne had never gone away from that type of prayer and become dignified in some areas. Because every prayer I prayed, God answered immediately. Some people say, well, that's a new Christian's prayer in faith. I don't believe that. I believe that God wants to answer every one of our prayers. So if you hear me praying a little different at times, don't get excited. Every prayer. Am I correct? Every prayer. Because I believed it. You know, we get to the place when we grow up and where, where things come and people tell you you can't do that and whatever. And then you start to feel hampered a little or fear of man tries to come in. What are they going to think? Who cares what they think about you? At least they're going to make it to heaven if you preach to them. I've shared the story about on that Thanksgiving, our first Thanksgiving after we got saved. So let's see, I got saved on November 7th, 1971. So that was the year, was either that year or the next year that we brought our Word of Faith, well, it had to be the next year because we weren't in Word of Faith, next year, the one after Word of Faith tapes to the table, his parents, and set it on the Thanksgiving table and turned it on and people started moving out of there. Within a year, I believe it was within a year, every one of his family got saved. The word will not go void. I was not afraid of man. Man, I, they knew me as, as, as worldly as could be, turn in one day into a total Jesus preaching person. Seriously. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's time to open up the doors. If the body of Christ will open up the doors and start speaking out and being, acting like and be, being true Christians, this thing could be wrapped up fast. Amen. Hallelujah. How long do you want to stay here? I don't really want to stay here a lot longer the way it's going. And I blame all this mess on the Christians because they didn't do anything. Seriously. And I don't want another whatever years of some nut. Oh Lord, we got to didn't take that off the tape, whatever. Um, I don't care. Allow this Holy Spirit to move. 1 Thessalonians 5:19. Allow him to move. He wants to move. Do you know that the Holy Spirit wants to do great and mighty things in your life? Jesus said, greater things than me shall you do because I go to the Father and, and talk to the Father. I say, see, see, um, see that person down there? 
They are on fire for you, God. Get them so full of you as, as they're praying and worshiping and reading the word and speaking out the word. Just let the power of God flow through them with signs and wonders. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. <clears throat> quench not the spirit. That's pretty simple. <laughs> Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Do you know that in most churches today that are full gospel Pentecostal churches, in the morning service, they do not want a move of the Holy Ghost? They are told, do not, because you will offend someone. You will offend, you will, you, who, I'd rather offend someone than the Holy Ghost. We're going to have seeker-friendly services and we don't allow the Holy Ghost to move and and because we don't want to offend anybody. Let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost moves, that's when people get set free. Amen? Is there anything in your life that is hindering the Spirit's work? I can't answer that for you. I can answer it for me, but I can't answer it for you. And sometimes... You got to dig deep to see if there is. Are you resisting doing something or giving up something that you know the Spirit is tapping you on the shoulder about? Resisting something. Resisting doing something or giving up something that you know the Spirit is tapping you on the shoulder about would you rather do something else than come to church would you rather do something else than pray would you rather do something else than hear the word you're not on fire if that's your if that's if that's what's going on in your life I say these things because I love you and I love me and I did, a, after hearing that tape, I did a big fat surge in my life. Do you have mindsets or mentalities that are contrary to allowing the Holy Spirit to move? Do you have mindsets or mentalities that are contrary to allowing the Holy Spirit to move? I'm going to talk to the parents now in here. If we do not do what the Lord has told us to do, if we've decided to keep still, be quiet, whatever, then God cannot move on your children. It's heavy, but it's true. Our most precious gifts that we will take to heaven are our children in our family. Some of the greatest breakthroughs have been when the Holy Spirit can operate. Just let him operate. Let him go. You didn't raise up your kids to lose them. Number five. Do a spring cleaning of your heart. Psalm 51.10.
a spring cleaning. I told the early class that the other day, pastor was all excited. He came in and yelled, you know what? There's ducks in our pool. And I went, ducks? I don't want ducks in our pool. He was excited. He thought that was cool. Ducks are dirty. I was more concerned about the ducks and the chlorine, but I was like, I do not want this to become Waller Park number two here. They have a very nice area at Waller Park. I said, let out the dogs now. He wouldn't let them out. Because <laughs> they would have been, who let the dogs out? He wouldn't let them out. I just prayed and they left. I'm like, I, don't, I do not need ducks pooping all over my yard. I had, we had ducks. We had a big, huge yard when I was a kid. We had ducks and chickens still. We had chicken for chicken. I had a chicken I won at the fair till we had a chicken dinner one night and my duck wasn't out there. Um, that's my chicken. No, it's not. Where'd my chickens go? <laughs> if that's not my, if that thing on the table's not my chicken, then where's my chicken? Your chicken's at the butcher or some wilds. Well, what'd you do, trade mine for another one? You know, I mean, these kids, you know, aren't stupid. If your chicken's gone and there's a chicken on the table, then uh, that's somebody's chicken. Um, so we had ducks and a chicken and collies, and our female had 10 collie puppies. I'll never forget that. Okay, Philippians or 51.10 of Psalms. Do a cleaning of the heart. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with the free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the ways, and sinners will be converted unto you. Wow. Let's look at this. Verse, the Amphite, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, preserving, and steadfast spirit in me. We need to be preserving and steadfast. Christians need to be steadfast. People are looking to us for answers. Cast not away your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. I'll tell you, one good way to get rid of God's presence is to say we do not want him in this morning service because it might offend somebody. He'll leave. I want him in our services. If they get offended, then they either need to get saved or have the devil cast out on one or the other. Take your pick. Let's look at the things he says here. Cast not me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. With a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall, not be, con shall be converted and return to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
take time to do a spring cleaning of your heart and let go of any unforgiveness you may hold towards someone and remove any roots of bitterness that might have sprung up. Guard your heart and deal with offenses quickly. I'm not even going to say it quickly. I'm going to say immediately. And when God answers your prayer, stop right then and there and thank him. You know, so many times, you know, if, you're, if, if your walk is right with God, constantly he's answering those prayers and they're happening so fast, we have to stop and thank him for those immediately or we'll forget that it happened. We'll just, it's like, and he, he, he loves to be praised. It says in, um, maybe it's, if Philippians or if he, I don't know, I read it the other day, I can put it on my page. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He said it twice in the book. You know, that means rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. There's no place for a sad-looking, bitter Christian. There's nothing worse than that. I will tell you, if you want to get old and get wrinkles, become bitter. You can tell a bitter person, a bitter woman by her face. Wrinkles. It's the truth. How many have ever seen a really bitter person? Oh dear God, I'm going to run from them. No, they need to know Jesus. But we need to get rid of this. Guard your heart and deal with offenses quickly. Don't let a root of bitterness spring up. You know, there are more people, more Christians right now fighting over two candidates that are causing bitterness and resentment in the body of Christ. That is absolutely ridiculous. And there's one person that prophesied over two of them that they're going to be president. Now, which one's it going to be? You've got E and F. Am I on number seven now? <laughs> a, B, C, D, six. Okay, bring your flame closer to other, uh, to other flames. A raging fire at night when camp camping will still have coal embers in the morning in the pit. I don't do camping, so I don't care. But I do have friends that, I have a friend that lives in Sonora who's lost her husband years ago, 10 years ago, I believe. And she has to get that fire raging so she can just put more wood on it in the morning. And trust me, I was in her house when her, when her new, I went up after her husband died. She wanted me to come up later. That place was cold. Remember that? That was the trip where we went. We all froze. Even Buddy got in bed with us, and he likes to be in his crate. We were freezing. That's the trip when Pastor got lost on the way home and took the boys to McDonald's and fed them hamburgers and, and french fries. He got completely lost, but it was freezing in there. I'm not freezing. I don't like being cold. Okay. So bring your flame closer to other fires. If you want to build a new fire, all you do is gather all the coals together. I don't go camping. I have. Those days are over. 
This is why we should never live the Christian life in seclusion. You know, the enemy wants people to get out, out of the fold, get alone, get out of the fold. So he can mess with their minds. He messes with their minds first, church. And they start thinking all these things and start saying all these crazy things because he's gotten them out here. You know, if you ever watched them, watch sheep and the wolf does not run into the hole you know here I'm coming right in the middle no he waits till one strays off we can't live a Christian life in in seclusion God called us I don't know what this is to be something in the community. A church should be on fire for God because a dead dead will put out what is left of your fire. If, If a church compromises God's word and his spirit or ignores the Great Commission, plan on settling some other place. Okay, number seven. Start making a fire useful. Start making your fire useful. Spiritual passion will ignite when it's being used to serve others. Serve others. You know, every person in the church should be doing something. The greatest, the biggest, shiniest crown is going to be the soul winner's crown. Why do you think? You ever thought about that? Why? You know, we're going to cast our crowns to him. I don't want just one or two. You know, we'll all have a crown of salvation. Spiritual passion is ignited when it is being used to serve others. Start using the gifts and talents that God has given you to help others. I go in the children's church because that was a really big desire of my heart for years. And I go in there now and it's exciting to be in there. It's exciting to see what's done. I just thank God that, you know, we have different talents that God wants to use. And just come to me. I'm not, you know, I'll take ideas. I'm not one that, no, I think you're nuts. No, I mean, I, that's exciting to see different people's talents that have been used. They're the way different people teach. It's exciting. To, you know, the Bible that I listen to is the one that a different man um, reads. A, a diff, you know, there's a different voice for every chapter. So it doesn't, you know, become, I've heard this guy. Okay. Um, every believer has been given gifts and talents and we are no exception. Each one of you has gifts and talents from God. You know, I heard Laurel, she's going to be teaching at a, um, a children's thing. She has gifts and talents. They said when she came up and taught when we were gone, she brought all her stuff and she did an illustrated sermon. You know, everybody teaches different and that's exciting. Or Everybody has a different gift. You know, it is a gift to stand at that back door and greet people. Because that's the first person you see when you come into this church, even if you come here. You know, 
That's an exciting place to be. That's what brought, to be honest with you, that and the preachers what brought us back to the church that I got born again in. Because I was, hard, I didn't want to go. We went, pastor went, oh no. Because this, our pastor was, you know, he, he preached and he was back and forth and he was, you know, and, and he was like, oh no. And he told God the next Sunday, he said, that's it. We're splitting the sheets, or he told him on Friday or Saturday, I'm going to the other church that he'd taken me to. It was boring. And I told him that Sunday morning, that next, was what is, was it Friday or Saturday? I don't know. When, anyway, I said, I want to go back to that church. And he, he was like, whatever, she wants to go. That's a miracle in itself. And um, that's where I got saved. Thank God. Okay. You've got gifts and talents. You're no exception. You must face your fears and stretch your faith as you begin to step out. You will soon find there is no greater joy than being an, an instrument of the Holy Spirit to bless others. You know, just that little, that, who was in the, the belly, Jonah. Pastors that make sure that no kid's going to take off with that Jonah. So that was a blessing. Thank you, Nada. Matthew 25, 14. Did you, I don't know how many of you know this, but that back there, Terry made, the lion. How many knew that? She didn't know how to sew. There was another gal in our church that was in the service, and Marvis, and she knew how to sew, and she told Terry, I'll do the sewing, just help me. Well, she got called on TDY, and it had to be up by Christmas Eve. And I'm going to tell you, if I'd made that, it would have been pitiful. But Terry made that. Morris did very little on this thing. So whenever you look at this lion up here, what, did you know Terry made that? It's amazing when you look at that. Praise God, I was so grateful. The rest of them we bought, but this one had to be made, and it, it came in pieces. And I'm like, oh boy, you don't want me helping with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 20, Matthew 25, 14. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. I am so grateful she made that because I, that's, you know, I had no idea it was going to come like it did. And I was like, oh, no. And then Marvis is a professional sewer type. <laughs> she gets called off. How many remember Marvis? I hear from her every now and then. Um, she's doing great. She's a realtor in Georgia. 2514. Okay. For it, is, it, for it is like man who was about to take a long... What in the world? Am I in the wrong... Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. When you become obedient to stop bearing... When you become obedient to stop burying your gifts and talents and start investing them into the lives of others, then you will be given even more to give. That's the truth. The more you give, the more you're going to have. 
Okay, I'm on H now, so what number is that? Eight? Find a personal firebrand. Everyone has to learn how to make fires. We need spiritual dads and moms to teach us how to light our spiritual fire. Make an appointment with a spiritual firebrand so you can get so you can glean from their wisdom and experience. Elijah saw Elijah do great things. He was affected and set ablaze to step up when the time came. Get as close as possible to those who are burning with God. Get as close. I would share with you men, get as close as possible to Pastor Dave. Because he has a lot of wisdom. A lot. And I'm, you know, I'm always available and whatever, but, you know, someday we might not be here. You know, if the Lord tarries for 30 years, I have no desire to be 100. I'm going to tell you. Oh, geez, 30 years, 100. Can you imagine? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fine. You can do it. That's not my desire. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks. I believe that. I truly believe that. I am doing better and better, but I don't care to be 120. Hey, you guys, I'm 120 now. Isn't that great? <laughs> yes, I agree better and better and whatever, but you too can be 120. And I don't care if he marries a 25 year old. Whatever. More power to you, whatever. But I do not want to be a hundreds preaching. I want to be in heaven, okay? If the Lord tarries 30 years, we're really going to have something we're going through. I'm telling you. Um, uh, spread the fire. Number nine, is that nine? Spread the fire. The biggest thing that you can do to raise your spiritual temperature and light the fire of God in your life is to spread the flame. How many know that? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. God in your life is to spread the flame. There is nothing more exciting than to lead a person to, to faith in Christ. And that is the truth. That is the most, that's my favorite thing to do, is to lead, because you honestly see them you know when they've really caught on because they change. And they'll tell you, most of them tell me, I can feel him in here. And they change. If you become a Christian, you change. There's a change there. You know, the sad thing is, and I've heard people say this, and They've gone to church for years, not here, but they've gone to church for years because they've been in a church for years. They're certainly not going to raise their hand because they'd be, been, it'd be too, because oh, you know, I don't ever want that here. You know, that's why I go and talk to new people or whatever when they come, find out where they're at. The biggest thing you can do to raise your spiritual temper is to light the fire of God in your life to spread your flame. 
There is nothing more exciting than to lead a person to Christ, the faith in Christ. Share the gospel with a coworker. Think about this this week. A server at a restaurant, they're going to listen to you because they want a tip. With your beautician, the person that does you, I preach to mine all the time. And he hasn't blown my hairdo. And pray with people who need the reality of Jesus in their life. Even if they say they have a symptom or something, ask them, can I pray for you? You'd be surprised how many people will allow you to pray for them. Seriously. They want prayer. Invite them to church where they're going to hear the word. Well, I don't want to invite my coworker to church because... If you don't want to invite your coworker to church, then what is it about you that you're afraid they're going to know? It's true. Would you rather them go somewhere where they're not going to get the uncompromised word? Think about this. Someone had the guts to invite you to church. And then she invited John, but she didn't tell John that people get wild in this church. And... Um, John, share what happened the first time you came. Whitney, I can't believe she didn't tell you. He, I can't hear you, so they know. I know they can't. He comes in, and he's quiet and peaceful, right? Okay, go ahead. And he thought, and tell him what you thought. What's wrong with her? Yeah, am I going to have to give her sleep? So in... You know, tell people when you invite them. <laughs> Pardon? Call 911. I'll tell you. I know, John. <laughs> I was in the back at the sound booth that night. That, night, that day it was during, no, it was a night. And I was watching, and I saw him. This is how he looked. It's hilarious. I was back there howling. I thought, oh no. You never know what God's going to do. But that set him up to know that God can do miracles. Amen. God is so, thanks John for sharing that. God is so faithful. Like I said, if you need to go back and look at that empty tomb a while, get rid of some stuff do it amen okay let's go ahead and pray i got you out 10 minutes late praise you jesus at least i'm not preaching all night like paul did father i just thank you for this this sermon i thank you that we are all going to take heed of it i thank you father god that we come in we're going to rejoice and get excited you know, be totally excited for you. God, my prayer for each one of us this week is that something happen in their lives that you will reveal something from this sermon this morning that is going to be life-changing for them. I'm asking you to bless them this week, God. I'm asking you, Father, to supernaturally move mightily in their lives and to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that no one can contain it.
Those, that's for the tithers and the givers, God. Your word says in this lifetime, and so this lifetime's getting shorter for us to be here on the earth, Lord. And I thank you and I praise you in the name of Jesus for your power, your anointing, and for opportunities for each one of us to share Jesus Christ and that we'll be obedient to it. And I give you the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. I want to share, if you have someone in your family that has symptoms, you need, the Lord showed me that when I was sitting over here, you need to pick up some anointing cloths and take them to them.